The biggest bottleneck for business growth is working one-to-one -one with clients. We love it, but it also binds us. With all the affordances and shifts in using digital tools, digital spaces, digital marketing and online delivery, many consultants, coaches and other expert service providers are now looking to alternative ways to attract and work with clients. In this episode, we'll look at how to transition client work to a group program using examples from my work with clients to deliver acceleration, growth and scalability for the business. I'm excited to share this with you. I'll see you in a mo. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hey, hey, we're back. And this week, I'm diving into a couple of client case studies to talk about how we go through the process of transitioning from one-to-one -one client work to one-to-many business models. First, let's just recap quickly on what we covered last week to set the context and frame the examples I'm going to share today. It was a taking stock episode, really, wasn't it? Because I wanted to refresh the point of all this leveraging stuff. As entrepreneurs and high achievers, we're constantly pushing ourselves to grow, to learn, to build, to earn more, to be more productive, to be better. And it's pretty bloody exhausting, isn't it? And this is exactly why we seek the holy grail of being able to earn more, work less, yet grow fast. And for most, it's a real tension between those things. Leverage across various parts of your business holds the key to finding work-life balance and avoiding entrepreneurial burnout. So that's the focus of, so that was the focus of last week's episode. And we revisited those themes and the different ways that leverage can ease the load, fuel our sense of joy and fulfillment and give us the freedom we seek through entrepreneurship. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I would suggest that you hop on backwards in your podcast player and go listen to that first. So what I wanted to do today really was to give you some examples because the the biggest bottleneck in the business growth trajectory is for experts who are working one-to-one -one with clients. It's usually great income, so it's really hard to, to give anything up while you find out other solutions. Um, it's hard to say no to things when, you know, the money's good. Over time, that intense high-end work, um, what I get from people I work with and I've had myself in the past as well is you just it's very intense work. It's highly intellectual work quite often because we're working at the top of the tree. And, you know, it can really take its toll on you because of that pressure to meet deadlines, to perform at a high level, um, and just finding the hours in the day when you're effectively working at capacity. And especially with the added pressure to keep bringing in new clients and to not experience this roller coaster, this feast and famine kind of thing so sometimes you know you get a lot of client work in working one-to-one -one and you're you know you're really working full out and then you have like a month or two where you have a dry period and 
instead of it feeling like a, a chance to rest and reflect, it actually feels like a bit of a panic, like, well, where's my next client coming from? So it never really stops. And also you're, you're constantly trying to keep existing clients happy. So, you know, you want them back, you want to do more work with them. So there's never seems to be a time to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor, so to speak. So with all the affordances and shifts in, in using digital tools, digital spaces, digital marketing and online delivery, let's look to alternative ways to both attract and work with our clients. With the backdrop of what we're aiming to achieve for our own work-life balance, working smarter, not harder, I'm sharing a couple of examples of how entrepreneurs are making that transition. Because it's not something you just flick a switch, it's a strategic change and it takes a bit of planning and, quite frankly, a bit of mental adjustment. Well, the first case study, if you like, my first client example, is a super successful consultant who's used LinkedIn to become the hunted, not the hunter. She has people coming to her regularly asking to hire her. It's all done for you services at the moment. She comes into the company basically and she creates and runs the projects for them. So they get a great result. Um, and the experience is that a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, they, they don't want to do it with you. They don't want a blended approach. They just want to get it done. They want someone to come in and take charge of it, basically. They're not so interested necessarily in building the capacity internally. And so the question becomes, how can she increase her consulting income without taking on more clients if they're reluctant to do anything other than the service, the done-for-you type projects because there's only one of her. So it gives her an income ceiling if she's not able to work with them in a different way. But really the question is, what leveraged business strategies would allow her to do what currently feels impossible? And then that's to bring in a dependable income, delivering results to clients whilst avoiding burnout for herself and without adding more one-to-one -one work. That was the success goal. And so there was a lot of mental barriers against this in terms of what her clients' expectations were rather than um, her being able to somehow design that, you know, to, to actually have boundaries, to actually say, well, look, this is how I work. This is how, if you want me to, to come in, this is how I operate. And so we looked at everything that's going on in the business. You know, what's the business? What's her expertise? Who does she serve? What does she love doing most? That's where we started. And how does she see her business in, say, three to five years time, if everything was solved, if everything was sorted? How does she currently get clients? That's another area. What's the process for that? How well is that working? Who helps her? You know, has she got um, people that she can call on to help um, with marketing or to help with admin, to help with delivery of the projects, etc. And then what does she deliver? How is it delivered? How often? How long? You know, what's the outcome and what's the vehicle and was there something that we could do with that side of things? Well, the first solution, as we touched on last week, uh, is to put up our fees, you know. <laughs> If you're getting a lot of demand and you've reached a capacity, then what you want is to, if you want to grow, if you want to grow your revenue, is obviously you're still going to be working with the same number of clients, but to put your fees up. And even if you lose a client, you're still probably going to be earning the same money, but working with less clients. So there's already a gain there. The next is to streamline how she works with clients. So she runs those projects more efficiently and saves time. 
gets back some of her own time doing some of the low-level admin type or marketing type work. And the third is to create an online course. So she delegates some of the onboarding and education that you'd normally do within the organization whilst you're delivering the project and running the project. Um, And so that you've got more time to spend on the high-level input. And finally, we looked at outsourcing much of the admin, marketing, project management, and building a team and looking at how we could find leverage points there as well. So a lot of it was to do with sustainability as well as scalability, because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't just keep working 12, 16 hours a day. It's not it's not sustainable. Um, so that was the plan. And doing all these things, she's easily able to earn three times four times what she's currently doing, working to capacity. And it takes a little effort to, you know, plan out the numbers and to look at how you're going to get from A to B and then to set it in motion. So those are the sort of areas that we worked on. And of course, you know, you you can't work on them, all of them simultaneously. So we pick off the things that are going to give her the biggest impact for making some changes. At the end of the day, though, how things are right now and maybe for the next year we were realistic you know it still has her working full-time in her business and it still means she can't stop okay because her it's her only stream of income and fewer clients paying more that kind of model means that risk isn't spread as well so let's add in another model building on the do-it-yourself type of online course and we'll make that a low-end product in her marketing and sales process for a hybrid done-with-you consulting service. So she only does the high-end done-for-you as a premium offer. And we transition the amount of time she needs to spend in the business, you know, having some of the marketing, sales and delivery taken off of her desk. So that's one example, and we are in motion on it. You know, it's not something that that happens quickly. It's probably going to be a year-long plan. But at the end of it, we've got some very clear goals as to the way that she's going to be working in her business and the type of work that she's going to do and the type of work she's going to delegate and the type of work she's going to say no to. So here's another example, Um, completely different industry. And it's a client who's at an early stage of transitioning away from one-to-one coaching to creating a online group program. And the halfway place is to move, for her anyway, was to move to a one-to-few model because we felt that that would be um, easier to manage, that you'd be able to learn quite a lot from her clients going through an online part self-directed experience. So an online course is the vehicle for that. And we're blending in group sessions and a hint of one-to-one, at least in the first instance, and evaluating closely people's um, satisfaction with that, you know, the experience of that. You can call it user testing or learner experience, but you're really looking to get a lot of feedback from these early uh, participants to find the right blend of modalities as they move from start to finish so that they can essentially achieve the results that the program promises in the fastest and most efficient way for her to deliver. So she's not kind of putting too much of her time into it where it's actually not necessary. And there's a benefit to the participants there as well. It's not that you're just kind of, you know, trying to sort of top slice um, their va- the value that they get. It's actually that if you put too much into a program, people get overwhelmed. 
and they actually don't have a good experience and sometimes they don't even complete the program. So there's a lot of um, reasons why this actually makes sense. So the key thing there is that we want the participants to all achieve the outcomes that they desire, the results the program promises, as I said, but we're all human and we learn differently. So it's not going to be a one size fits all necessarily for a program that promises a transformation because it's a very individual and personal experience. So sometimes you have to put a lot more stuff in and then take stuff out. Sometimes you start with the bare bones and then add things in to help people who are struggling. So the question is always, what are the bare bones? You know, what do we start with? And then what do we have as options to add in and layer in to the program design to make sure that everyone gets what they need and has a great sense of enjoyment and satisfaction? So they're, you know, essentially they're going to tell others about it and write glowing testimonials for you. And on both those examples, we've gone back and forth on pricing because really there's an introductory pricing that you can offer because you're expecting a lot of feedback from people. But it's also the fact that you don't want price to be a barrier when you're trying to build an audience and you're trying to do something new. At the same time, you don't want to undervalue your expertise and make the program really cheap. And people think, well, how come I'm getting all of that for that price? (laughs) Um, I'm not sure that we're going to fall into that trap with this particular client, but um, sometimes that happens is that people actually think, well, I want people to buy it, so I'm going to make it really cheap and it can actually backfire on you. So when you're testing offer market fit and you're looking at the price, the best solution there really is just to manage expectation, manage your own and manage theirs, as well as comparing to other things like it in the marketplace or alternatives that people might Um, in their own minds compared to your program. So you might say something like, because this is the first time we're running the program in this virtual format, and we'd really like to be able to ask you lots of questions and get your feedback as a participant, we're offering an introductory price that's going to be a no-brainer to say yes to. And this works really well when you're first approaching your warm market with this new offer and people perhaps that you've already worked with one-to-one, as well as people that have expressed interest in what you do and running it like a pilot, like an introductory version. So in this example, we were looking to transition away from intense one-to-one coaching, where there's a ceiling on how many clients you can take on, even assuming you're working with them as efficiently as possible. We spent a fair time in the first month of our work together clarifying the ideal client avatar, the transformation and the mechanism for helping them. And then the focus was really on program design. And I drew very heavily on my e-learning design background for this, um, as well as helping with putting workflow together in terms of um, reaching out to people and inviting them to enrollment call and onboarding them into her program. Next round, we'll look towards monitoring participants' experience and putting a consistent marketing process in place to build up regular cohorts. But first, we wanted to make sure her offer was good and people were signing up. And this is how I work with clients. You know, we start with business review, strategy and planning, followed by implementation support. And that's the process I go through with every client in the Leverage Business Accelerator. And we look for the best leverage points. I help you get clarity, confidence, and coherence. So how do I do that? Well, I look at goals, assets, skills, and processes that you have in place, 
I look at how the business runs. I look at how the business feels for you. I look at positioning and messaging. I look at the offer and sales page or look to create them. I look at the marketing strategy and I look at the end-to-end customer journey process. And then I look at the delivery model. After this review, I share the findings, strengths, weaknesses, likely bottlenecks, potential barriers, areas for improvement, priorities for change, and all of that lovely stuff. And we come up with a strategy and a 90-day plan to accelerate you towards the end goal, the picture of success that you want, the leveraged living picture we painted earlier last episode. The big vision for your business and for your life is always in the background in terms of what's driving us. And it may take one round, it may take three to four, but over each 90-day action plan we put together, you'll have made a massive leap forward. And if you want to understand more about the power of a 90-day business planning process to get things done, then head back to episode five and the article on my blog from the 13th of November, 2020. Does that feel an age away to you? (laughs) Are you ready to get the clarity you need and get to work? on the right things that will make the biggest difference because that's what we do in the Leverage Business Accelerator. You don't need to decide anything, just make the commitment to yourself for the change you know needs to happen. And let's talk. You can do one of two things. You can dip a toe in the water and submit a question to me. So to jallison.com forward slash podcast forward slash QA and submit your question via the form or in fact a voice message which is great when we're on a podcast it's easy there's no pressure and i will get in touch with you and the other thing you can do is to book a free strategy discovery session with me and we'll dive into a quick fire review based on the above and identify the main gaps so you have more clarity of what you should be focusing on And if you want help with that, we can talk about the Leverage Business Accelerator program if that's a good fit for what you need support with. It's very low pressure, definitely not a sales conversation. I don't do sales calls. It's a consultation. And again, I dealt with that a couple of episodes ago, episode 23, how to use consultative sales to enroll clients with ease and grace so that it feels great for both of us. And this is complimentary. It's a high value call. Normally, I charge for these digital roadmap sessions, so we're going to do a shortened version of it, but we do have an application process because it's really important that I get some information from you and understand, you know, what is it you're trying to to achieve so that I can go into the call and really help you. So if you want to get rid of that dreaded burnout feeling or avoid entrepreneurial burnout going forward, and if you want to earn more, work less, grow faster, this is the journey we can go on together beyond this podcast. It's easy to apply. The link's in the show notes. Simply go to jallison.com forward slash isuccess forward slash LBA to find out more and apply for your free consult. Okay, so let me share a broader list of the kinds of strategic objectives that I'm working on with clients right now. Have a think. Do these resonate for where you're at and what you need to focus on too? So here we go. Finding clarity, confidence and cohesion. I mentioned that earlier. That's one of the biggest gains that people get from working in our program. Um, Not just my program, but the program I'm coaching on as well, which is a year long business acceleration program. And I can tell you something about that as well. If you want to make a bigger commitment to your business. There's the next one is reaching the right people and building relationships. Sometimes it's really hard, especially when you've pivoted and you're looking to find a new audience or present a new offer. 
And that leads to the third thing that we work on quite often with clients, and that's creating a compelling offer and making sales calls. Are you starting to see where some of the topics for this podcast come from? Okay, the next one is focusing on your best content platform for consistent marketing. Next is developing efficient workflows, tackling barriers to scalable revenue models. And we've touched on that today. Building business resilience for long-term sustainability. So some of the mindset episodes that I've been running are certainly speaking to that particular challenge and linked to that mindset work and self-care for long-term health of you and your business. So all of these fit under one or more of the five pillars for leverage that I spoke about last week. And they're what enables you to work in a consistent, dependable and sustainable way to ensure long-lasting business success. Because you want to end up with a business that makes you money and makes you feel good, right? What we're doing with all these leveraged strategies is building our business architecture with steel rather than straw. If you know the story of the three little pigs, you'll understand the difference. When the big bad wolf, aka circumstance, comes along, well, things got a little bit rough. He's going to hop and puff until he blows your house down. And you definitely want some strong walls in place. Or whether it's COVID-19 or some more minor bump in the road, focusing on the fundamental machinery of your business, which includes taking care of you, then you're going to create a business that's built not on straw, wood, or even brick, but one built with steel. Running a successful business while also juggling a full client load, family responsibilities, and other normal day-to-day pulls on your time that pop up in life and work, well, that would be impossible if I didn't have well-defined business workflows to rely on. I can't say I love planning, but I love the benefits of planning. So I do a lot of planning and I create a lot of workflows. And that feeling when you're clear, confident and committed to a plan of action and that celebration when a plan comes together brilliantly, you can't beat it, right? At the same time, we can end up beating ourselves big time to get to that end benefit. And having a plan can feel super liberating, but the process of planning is quite often more like wading through treacle. Are there times when I work well under pressure of a deadline? Yes, but quite frankly, I prefer to manage things so I don't have the stress. Are there times when I feel up against the wall with too many things to do in any given day or week? Definitely. But again, I'm a huge fan of workflows, time blocking and have learned the importance of self-care. The whole purpose behind the leverage business concept is to create that balance between working in your business, on your business and how it fits into your life. So this transitioning from high end intensive one to one client work or, you know, whether it's consulting or coaching to a steadier form of interaction with your clients in a group setting where you can add in one to one, but that not everything that you do is one to one. Well, I mean, that just is really what a lot of people want, um, particularly when you've been doing it for 20 odd years and, you know, you feel exhausted and you just want to do things differently. You want to not necessarily slow things down intellectually, but you want to slow things down in terms of, of the time that you have in your diary in any given week, that other things don't get squeezed. And you know that continuing to do the one-to-one work is just killing you. So, That's really what's behind it. Um, Some people are quite happy to just work nine to five on client work, bring in the income. But if you're ambitious and you want to grow your revenue and you want to build a team, 
um, and see really where your business can go, then you have to make some changes. And that brings me right back round to what drives me, and that's the pursuit of leveraged living, as I call it. I started my consulting business because I wanted more freedom. You know, I wanted to be the one calling the shots. I wanted to be my own boss, to be financially independent. And I wanted to avoid feeling the constant stress and strain, the feast and famine, the roller coaster, the revenue roller coaster. And one of my clients actually put a name to this, which I thought was brilliant, which was uh, that she tries to avoid push energy. And that really resonated with me because um, what I'm saying here is we want to avoid feeling that we're always pushing ourselves and we never kind of take care of ourselves. We're, we're, we're hard on ourselves. And it's about avoiding that sense of what you should or could be doing and more about what you choose to do in your business. And I love that even with all I have going on, running the business, producing content, marketing our programs and working with clients, I still mostly make time to do the things that make me happy and fill up my tanks. So what fills up your tanks? For me, it's a walk in the countryside or driving to the coast, catching up with friends virtually now, of course, spending time with my family or reading, doing puzzles. I'm never bored and there's always lots to choose from, come rain or shine, as a way to relax and enjoy life. But certainly for me, if I can get outside, then it's very uplifting. I really love that. I love nature. So I hope in going around this journey of where we've got to that last week's episode and the examples of consultants and coaches I'm working with that I've shared this episode helps reinvigorate the overarching purpose for the leveraged business theme, as well as the reasons why I deliberately mix things up across our content plan, because there's several pieces to the puzzle for leveraged business success. And if you actually listen to the intro for any given episode, you'll have heard that we're all about helping you make the mindset and marketing and money model breakthroughs that bring work-life balance into play. And layered onto that, some topics are strategic, others are about operations, some are focused on getting clarity, others on packaging and scaling. And a question I get asked a lot from busy business owners who want more leverage and who, as the podcast subtitle says, want to earn more, work less, grow faster, is this. With so many different points of leverage across my business, what should I focus on? And the answer is a little nuanced, but essentially it depends on where you're at in your business. There are very different challenges, problems, pressures at different stages of business. So the source of stress, if you like, the bottleneck that you're trying to take away, however you want to label it, is different and the solutions are different. And that's why it really does help to work with a business coach because we've seen all kinds of businesses and looked at all kinds of solutions rather than chasing what you might see on social media or on articles in the news about the latest thing, the latest trend, because it's not necessarily something that is right for your business. So we really need to get the context and, and also that sense of your vision of success for you personally as well as financially. So some of the things that come up a lot when we're looking at transitioning, we're looking at doing things differently is uh, doubt, fear, 
uh, risk, imposter syndrome even. Um, and really, some of the work then is sometimes focused on prioritizing working on your self-belief. And a lot of my clients starting a business or pivoting from what they've done, perhaps in a career or in a different kind of business, they feel, you know, they're creating something from scratch and they negate all of their decades of experience in the field. And another of my clients, I remember her saying that, you know, the one thing that really jumped out was when you reminded me that, you know, this is what I've done for most of my career. This is actually what I'm good at. And just because I'm, I've had a break or I'm doing something differently, I shouldn't forget all of that, you know, and it really made such a huge difference to her. And it sounds so, so simple, but we forget, you know, we, we totally blindside ourselves and others are simply switching and, and think that the old stuff is no longer worth anything in the new space. Um, working in your genus zone, finding that intersection and drawing on your past professional and personal expertise and success. I mean, we dealt with that in the episode not so long ago on professional identity. I think it was episode 22, in fact, and how it can make or break marketing a high-end offer because of how you present it, you know, your confidence level. The middle phase really is when things are going well, but you're working really long hours. And this is where we are at today with the transitioning from one to one, because you can be a victim of your own success when you have a full client load and, you know, really you're just super, super full and there's no time to, to, to do anything else. And you just feel you're going from pillar to post. And so um, at some point, the cracks start showing. And we talked last week um, in terms of outsourcing that that's really one of the telltale signs that you need to get some help, that you need to do things differently. You need to have people take away some of the load. It's hard because we don't want to show weakness. We want, don't want to feel that we can't cope. And many of us have had the added challenge of pulls on our time away from the business, working from home, having the family or spouses around, homeschooling even. And it can feel super frustrating when you can't get on with what you want to do next in your business. You kind of have to hold off. At the same time, the lockdown restrictions have also offered a huge opportunity to take stock, to rest, reflect, to plan and strategize, to reconnect with people. And when do we ever usually have or give ourselves that opportunity? A lot of my guests on the podcast have remarked on significant shifts forced by the COVID-19 situation in what their clients and customers and themselves are feeling and needing. Andy talked about Zoom fatigue and empathy. Tara noticed how much people are rethinking their lifestyle. Anna talked about visibility and reach. Becca remarked on how more people are starting a business. And Gaynor shared how much situations can fuel your determination to overcome adversity. And Selena talked about businesses pivoting to virtual models of working, while Laura said, we're all craving connection. And as we move forward with the podcast, I'll be diving into some of the big challenges associated with pivoting, transitioning and scaling the kind of strategic change I help my clients plan and implement, and as I've shared a little bit today. So hopefully this has been helpful. Please do drop me a line, drop me an email, and let's make a connection. Let's find out what's going on in your business, make a human, have a human conversation about, you know, how we're all feeling, and just let me know how much this has resonated with you and what you want to, to work on next. 
what you want to focus on and what kind of help you need to do that. Nobody achieves success alone, not really. So those are my parting words. Um, Hopefully you'll get in touch. I'd love to have a conversation with you about any of this and how I can help you build something amazing. Until next time on the Leverage Business Podcast, it's me, Jay Allison, wishing you all the best. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.